Welcome, everybody, to the Between Two Wheels podcast. This is your host, Tyler Yonke, and thank you for joining us today. We do cycling commentary from Northern California about the world of cycling, world tour, Northern California. We're going to hit all of those today. Tour Down Under, Santos Tour Down Under, men's race is still going, going. women's race is concluded. We'll talk about that. So, uh, Northern California racing is getting underway. We'll talk about some Tour de France squads. What? Teams are already announcing that. Froom Doom, some things that make you go, hmm, some winners and losers. And did Richie Port finally get his World Tour win? All these things coming up right now. All right, welcome back. This has been a long hiatus, probably the biggest we've had in this show since its inception. Um, I feel like I'm going to die at, <laughs> excuse me, at any moment during this recording of the Asian pneumonia coronavirus or whatever that is. Doesn't that sound like something you'd get from a, a Cinco de Mayo overload? I don't know. Uh, look, I hope you're well. I am uh, a little bit under the weather. This is about as good as it's been this week as far as my voice sounding. I lost it completely. But anyway, we're here. We're going to talk about some stuff. Uh, there's a lot going on. I've been watching racing. Santos Tour Down Under. Um, let's talk about that right away. Wh what is it good for? One thing you'd get to do is see the new team's colors. Uh, you get to say, who is on what team? That guy's on this team. Who? What? And you get to see if Richie Port gets a, a, a win on Walunga or any of the others. And if Caleb Ewing uh, gets a, a win as well. Well, they've both done that. Um, the, the weather this year has not been as much of a havoc as it's been in past years past. They're talking about how... You know, it's so much heat and the, the riders are just having trouble. Not that, as a matter of fact, on the Schwalbe uh, crit that they had, which is called the prologue, um, they they had a little bit of rain. So maybe we'll talk about that, get right down to it. First of all, they had a women's race. They had, what, four stages there. Um, you got some some big hitters, Trek team coming in there. You've got uh, the Mitchell and Scott team and then some Euros. And um, it was interesting. Yeah, I'm, So I watched that. I enjoyed it. It was, it was also fascinating to hear, you know, look, commentary on uh, what we're doing here or even, you know, cycling, what they've got to do on TV for hours on end. It was uh, Matt Keenan, I think Bridie uh, O'Donnell was there. Uh, someone else was, was commenting and they were they were talking about how uh, there's an Italian in the break and, you know, it's tough for the women to come to, you know, over from Europe and the States to take on the race. And, you know, when they have bad weather and all the, uh, you know, Australians, New Zealand riders have been able to, uh, it's their summer, so it's easier. Um, but then they realized, oh, Zwift might be one of our sponsors. So they start saying, but maybe the advantage is actually the Americans who are able to do Zwift all the time and that it's more concentrated. And these girls get on the road, not just girls, but riders get out on the road and they get distracted. With <laughs> it was humorous. Uh, nice try. I think you still have an advantage of being fit and more fit, um, actually racing outside and not having to be stuck indoors uh, on Zwift all the time. Hence why you see Caleb Ewing and you see the Australians coming to the fore and Richie Port putting able to put his stamp like he does every year. And then um, what else you got? Anyway, the women's race. Let's talk about that. Uh, four stages, race completely separate from the men. Kudos. I give you hand clap for that because I got to just watch you and you alone and they, they covered it on GCN uh, on YouTube. It was streamed live there. You can watch, watch the recap. So I was able to, to get all that in there. And 
it officially started the Tuesday before the, the I think the week um, or anyway, it ended on Sunday. So whatever day that started there. Uh, and then that's when the men kind of had their, their crit and then they, they started the next day, you know, Australia, they're ahead of us. What? 20 some hours. Uh, reminds me of a story. I don't even know if we want to get into this, but <laughs> excuse me. This is my favorite uh, Australia story. So 9-11 happens. Towers come down on 9-11. And uh, the very next year, you know, that was happened at a very specific time, right? So each time is like, you know, right around before 6 a.m. Uh, 6 a.m. Pacific, somewhere around 9 um, Eastern time. I was working in the market, so I was you know, watching it live on TV at that point. Uh, so, you know, every part, part around the world, cause there's time zones, it happened at a different time. Australia is ahead of us. So it's tomorrow already there, right? That's what it's enjoying about watching this race is I get to do it finally at prime time. I'm sitting home in the evening, get to watch, put in a race. It's kind of nice. Although, you know, the tour and stuff is cool when you watch it early and then you go to work and you have your old day as well. So there's give and take, but I remember the first anniversary of nine 11 made a big deal because Australia was celebrating it celebrating it they're uh, you know commencing it or whatever uh the year anniversary and uh our news was all excited because you know australia was the first to do it because they're 20 hours ahead so they're doing it the day before i'm like whoa 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 they 9 11 didn't happen for them on 9 11 it was 9 12 for them and if they knew about it a day before shouldn't they have warned us Okay, the stupidity of the news though they were excited about this and you know hey thanks to australia out there for you know coming around and you know um mourning the deaths and and what have you but um do it on the right day next time that's just all i've got okay stage one some breakaways uh they were brought back and then uh rallies uh chloe hoskins stormed with an impressive sprint finish to take the first leader's jersey uh she tore it out i mean it was from you know the women's sprinting is just much different than the men you don't see the trains setting them up and then you see the girls hitting the front and a lot of times when you start seeing them hit the front you expect them to fade, you know, they're starting at 400 meters out or whatever, a lot of like sitting down sprinting as well. And they don't because there's just no train. So you get the person that can get the burst out there quick. It's exactly what happened with Chloe Hoskins and for the win stage two, 114 kilometers. Uh, there's some intermediate sprints that shook some things out. Uh, Mitch and Scott then took the race head on for the QOM, the queen of the mountain, leaving three light riders, Ruth Wind, And these are the three you're going to see for the next few days. Ruth Winder of the United States riding for Trek. Amanda Spratt, uh, Mitchelton Scott, and her teammate Brown, and then Sunweb's Leanne Limpert, and they're all hanging with Spratt and Winder. They come over the top, kick it over the finish. Brown, her teammate, Spratt's teammate, gets distanced a little bit. The, the, the pack's closing in on him, but uh, Spratt ends up winning the, the sprint narrowly over Widner and Limpert. Um, impressive for her. She's Australian. I think she just, well, she's an Australian road race champion. Uh, Winders in the U.S. road race championship um, stripes. It was, it looked pretty cool. Uh, stage three was the queen stage, had more climbing on it. Spratt holding a slim four second lead over Widner in seven seconds over the German Sunweb rider Libert. Uh, did some intermediate sprints along the way. Uh, there's a slight incline. Uh, Ruth takes it and as time bonus. So she kind of moves up a little bit, a little foreshadowing of what's to come. Limpert sealed the QOM jersey on that stage. Uh, but it came down to uh, American. Well, there was a rally rider. Ganter, I think, was off the front. American. She got pulled in right near the finish. And it once again came down to Widner and Spratt and uh, Ruth. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Ruth's teammate, Taylor Wiles. By the way, we did an interview with her at Tour of California a few years ago. Check that out. Um, Taylor Wiles does a great lead out and Widner ends up winning that uh, and ends up with a big enough gap with Spratt was back in the field. She gets the, um, the, 
the overall lead at that point. Um, comes into stage four, it's more like a crit. Uh, Widner and Lippert, I think they were taking some time bonuses because there's some spirit time bonuses along the way. But then a big uh, break gets up the road and that just nullifies it. So they didn't have to worry about, um, and the break never got caught again. It was motivated enough and the teams just weren't big enough, I guess, to to really bring that back, which they should have because there was a good chance that Widner's not... In a, in a race like that, she'd already missed out on the time bonuses. They were getting narrowed that, uh, you know, it was going to be uh, maybe those other riders, uh, Widner, um, Spratt, and Lippert would be able to take the overall, but, you know, didn't work out for the teams. Uh, someone, an Italian win, Widner wins this Santos two down under overall. And like I said, she also won on stage three. So, you know, kudos to her. And um, let's give a little recap now of the men's racing. So, men. Start out the day, they have the Schwalbe, Schwalbe, I don't know, they pronounce it different than I would. Um, crit, you know, it's kind of a crit, a short circuit race. Had a little bit of rain going on there, same course I think that the women had used. And it starts out, Caleb Ewing is right on the back and he's just, you know, they're, they're lamenting, what's he even doing here? He looks like, you know, his teammates are coming up and down, uh, you know, where they're looking for him. Uh, in the end, uh, EF Education tries to line the race out, which I think they're doing for Christopher Halverson. Um, and he ends up getting somewhere around fifth place on the day. But what you end up seeing about 250 to go, they're still kind of all lined up and trying to sprint. Caleb Ewing hits the right-hand barrier and just explodes up there, wins by about six bike lanes, not even close. Now, there'd been a wreck a few corners back, so I don't know if uh, uh, Viviani, Sam Bennett, who rides for Quick Step now, if he had had some issues, but they weren't really up there in the mix. And you don't have Sagan there this year, so it was a pretty easy win for Caleb Ewing, uh, easily gets the, the the win, and then of course the predictions from then on are going to be who is going to challenge Caleb Ewing for any of the sprints. So they have the first stage. Um, Joy Roscoff gets off in the break. Uh, American friend for CCC. Uh, it's going to be what you're going to see for the rest of the week. He's going for the K- KOM jersey. He ends up getting it. I think tied with uh, a, a Uni SA rider. They're South Af- uh, Af- South Australian. University, they get a ride kind of like our USA cycling team. They always have put a bunch of guys together for that. Um, you get tied, and so there's going to be the count back usually goes to the last rider to get the last KOM, but in this case, they say the one that gets the best placing over on the finish. Uh, the other rider ended up getting it over Roscop, but as Roscop the next few days ends up getting up the road um, to kind of take that jersey back. Uh, in the end, you have a, a pretty cool sprint with DeCoyne Quick Step, and Sam Bennett thrashes everyone else. Uh, Jasper Philipson in second, Eric Basca in third, Vivia, uh, Elia Viviani in fourth, and you have Caleb all the way down there in seventh. He got really kind of smashed in. It looked like his team kind of left him for, for dead in a way and didn't really get a chance to um, help him out, uh, Caleb, that is. So next day, uh, stage two, a uh, little revenge for that one. Uh, that one had a, a climb up to the finish and then kind of a downhill, you know, last three, 400 meters. And uh, you were looking, okay, so who's going to be there? Well, I expected the sprinters to be kicked out. So I was picking Daryl Impey. It looked like just kind of the, the prime thing. Look, who comes into shape every year in this race? You got, you don't know. You don't know who's really going to be there. It could be, could be, you know, Daryl, well, it's always Daryl MP. It's always Richie Port, but you don't know if the other riders are, you know, really uh, taken to the fore. Is, is Rohan Dennis ready to go? Um, you know, is Diego Luisi? Is, who who are the ones that are going to take it on the other side? You don't really know until the first big climbing. So this is a little bit of a climb. 
it popped everyone out uh, except for basically uh, Caleb Ewing. He gets to sit on there. Daryl Impey hits the, the, the stride, and in the end, it's not even close. Uh, Caleb Ewing gets his win easily over Daryl Impey. Nathan Haas was another one. I had picked uh, a few of these guys. I thought – I, I, I thought Daryl Empey actually was going to win the stage, and it was uh, came out to be um, not the case, but it was close. Stage three, you've got, once again, this one had a pretty good climb up to the finish. Take a right-hand corner, and then it's just kind of an open climb, uh, six, seven minutes or five, I don't know, somewhere in that range, but it had some really strong winds. So you're thinking, okay, if a little Richie Port hits the front too early, um, it's going to you know, they're going to be able to kind of sit on his wheel. Well, Diego Luisi hits the front and he kind of shreds everything out and everyone's kind of going haywire. Then Richie Port about a third of the way up the climb decides he's going to go for it. And he puts his head down and hammers away. And you had Rowan Dennis, um, you had Dylan Van Barl trying to chase him back. Two big guys not really being able to do it. And I don't know, maybe the wind affected them more than anybody else. In the end, though, uh, Richie Port, you thought, I thought he was going to get a bunch of time. He only gets five seconds, I think. Uh, yeah, over Robert Power, Team Sunwed, Simon Yates ends up, who had wrecked a few days earlier, he ends up coming strong. Uh, Rohan Dennis, Luisi, Daryl Limpy, George Bennett, all these guys in the same time. Uh, Lucas Hamilton, finally 13 seconds back. Roman Bardet, he's kind of had a, had a few wrecks and not looked quite as great. Uh, Nilsson Palace was looking to do good, and he got 18th place, 23 seconds back. Jai Hindley, a few of these others. Like I said, you just don't know who's going to come good but who you do expect to come good. The only one you could really predict in this case is a Richie Port who ends up getting his, his, his win for the year. And with that, he should be uh, the, the one to watch on Ulunga, uh the last day of the race here. Um, then you had uh, stage four. This was yesterday. Um, it was a big – coming into the finish, all the teams are lining out. They're all across the road. They're, they're trying to get their sprinters teams up there. A few guys are wrecking. George Bennett has a – mechanical i think docker for ef does a flip over his bike and finally you get about 4k the uh the big teams st- finally start hitting the front harder which lines it out which is much better uh caleb's got a teammate up there for him he's looking good uh Courtney quick step is leading out sam bennett uh vivia uh elia viviani for kofidis this year he's up there and Philipson, some of these, Greipel, Greipel's finally getting in the mix, don't really have a team helping him, but he's able to fight himself around. In the end, you have uh, Sam Bennett hits the front, Caleb just blows, it catches up to him, he'd been a few riders back, and then pops across him, he got him by, by bike length, it was uh, not close, and then there was a gap between them to Jasper Philipson, uh, UAE for a third place, and Greipel up there in fourth, and Nizolo in seventh. Um, I don't even see Halverson in fifteenth. Do we even see Viviani? Did he go down? I don't know. I don't even see him in the top top results here. Twenty uh, fifth. So he must have sat up, uh, got ridden off, ridden off someone's wheel, and, and in fact, basically didn't have a chance in that. Uh, look, Caleb, two wins. You're going to see the next few days. You got uh, Geelong to Victor Harbor. That should be tonight. Tonight being Friday for us. Um, it looks like it's got a little pitch in it in a few spots. You're going to see Joey Roscoff probably going up the road. He's wearing the KOM jersey. He's off on the break again yesterday. Uh, so was uh, Pickley of, uh, I think he's with the um, Israel Cycling, Israel Startup Nation. Uh, he's the one last year, Canadian, that got uh, basically noticed at the Tour of Utah. Did a great ride there, um, chasing down Ben Hermans the whole time. And so good for him. And then the last day, McLaren Vale to Wilunga Hill. That is the stage six. 
So we expect uh, two wins by Caleb, maybe a third win by Caleb tomorrow, and then uh, probably Richie Port on that last one. I'd like to see uh, what Nelson Palace, our own guy here from uh, Roseville, what he can do at on Wollonga. It's what six minute climb. It's pretty intense. It's uh, should be you know, it's a it's a unique one because Daryl Impey type can stay in there, but everyone really bas- basically just tries to hang on to Port. Um, who you did see a few years ago was uh, Mike Woods was one of the guys that was being able to hang around. Well, he's not in the race this year, so maybe Pickley. He reminds me a lot of Woods as far as his his ability. Uh, Utah and being able to kind of hang with these guys. So um, I have no <laughs> no predictions other than Rowan Dennis. She'd be okay. Uh, who knows? Uh, if you have an idea, if you want to make a pick, uh, please do so. Um, all right. How about the... We've got uh, NCNCA. In the NCNCA, we've got coming up here, Northern California. Our big race starting this weekend is Land Park and Calagi, I guess they call it. And with that, uh, it's the 25th of January. And I will see if I can find kind of the deal. I don't know if we're going to do much for a preview because what we really don't know who's, once again, same part, first part of the year. We don't really know who's showing up, who's looking good. Um, we had, our team had a, do we call it camps? We had a training camp a few weeks ago out by the Russian River. And decent, it was cold, a uh, little bit of rain, and maybe that's that I got sick right away afterwards. Uh, team camps are interesting. So my wife's like, camp? What are, what, are you, what are you, a kid? She was mocking me afterwards, and I'm like, hey, some of these guys are calling it camps. She texts my buddy John on our team. Is your, is your, is your husband? Um, she didn't text him. She texts his wife. Uh, is John calling this a team camp? And they're both laughing and mocking it. Well, John on, on Facebook called it a team camp. So look, it's a big, it's a guy's weekend where we get out and a bunch of ride. We're not doing like the big full teams, but what we, I, I did want to do a bunch of riding. We were did out the kind of where Levi's grand fondo is did, uh, that Ridge road or whatever it is. And a bunch of climbing, bad weather. Well, good weather, cold weather, some rain, crap pushed up on your face, maybe from the road. Maybe that's why I got sick. I don't know. Um, so I saw Thirsty Bear has been out doing some stuff, Folsom Bikes about doing some stuff. Uh, you know, it's just a time to kind of get together and, and, and ride and hammer fest. And um, we did that. And uh, a good hard weekend of riding turned into about two weeks off. So I'm <laughs> being sick. Um, anyway, Cal Aggie coming up. Uh, Cat 5 start at 725. Then you get the juniors uh, at 810. Cat 3-4 at 830. Juniors again at 925, Masters 45 at 10 o'clock. I may do that. I'm going to try to double up maybe. Uh, the sickness, it's just been, it's been tough. Cat 4 is at 1055, Women 345 is at 1145, Cat 3, 1230, Masters 35 at 130. That is, uh, I think we won that last year with John Novikov, and so we're looking for that again. We won the Cat 3s as well. Um, so Cat 4, 5, 225, we being a data-driven athlete. Uh, women one two three at three ten and the pro one two three at four ten. Uh, it'd be a, look. Tarun might be there. Um, Folsom bike. Um, I'm sorry, Mike's bikes. Um, Valere team. Uh, a lot of good 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 things we may have this year. Uh, Mike's bikes look like they just kept loading up. Um, I know the um, Tyler Pierce, uh, VC uh, vegan cyclist. Uh, he, I don't know what he's got for his team this year. He released a new episode of his, um, team and, and how they won by our bat or one of those things and did well. Um, it'll be interesting to see what, what they have going. I know most of the guys in that team split, so I don't know if they have anything really coming 
for spirulina. What are they called now? Tour de France squads. Ineos and Jumbo Visma have released their 2020 Tour de France squads already. We mentioned Jumbo on a previous one that they had, you know, Kreuzwick, uh, Roglic, Dumoulin already there. Now Ineos is doing the same thing. Uh, kind of, and look, uh, <laughs> Bernal, Thomas, they topped the charts and they're just waiting to see if Froome is going to be the one to uh, maybe cause a dispute to this three prong monster attack, or maybe it's a three ring circus. Maybe they'll t- look, if you don't be able to rein this in, it's going to be a, a movie star um, part two. Uh, you know, what they've done. So I, I don't think, I mean, look, uh, Thomas and Bernal didn't seem to have a lot of conflict last year, even though we kind of wanted them to, and it looked like it could be a little issue. Speaking of Froome, though, there was a story out right around, what, Christmas time that Froome was at training camp. He was sent home, and the director's like, look, I don't know if he'll ever recover. He may never be the same. And you're like, holy crap. Is this, uh, is this kind of a vain way of talking about how he... Um, was this a drug thing where, where you're trying to protect him from being tested or, or was he actually injured? Well, it came out that this was actually from, Froome actually said, he said no, 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 that, I, that was a camp that I had done like in November or October. I'm actually doing, I'm on track. So, you know, Froome is really good about laying the line, um, always have the positive uh, outlook um, or propaganda, depending on how you want to look at it. So it'll be interesting to see where he's, at. I don't know what his first race is. So um, I'm looking forward to see how he'll do. And he says, Hey, I'm all in for the tour. Um, I don't know. I don't know who's, who's going to the, the Giro for them. And you know, look, I, the, the, the point is we, we may want to, you know, have, <laughs> excuse me, we want to have some, some controversy. We want to see where everything is going with these guys. And I want to see it a little more upfront than now. Um, but the reality is we're probably gonna have to wait till July to finally get an, an idea of where Froome is. Uh, I thought I can't see him going to the tour without actually having raced a little bit, right? Don't you think? He needs to have done something. Can't just go straight in. How about some things that make you go, hmm? Well, look, uh, it's kind of all over in the news lately that uh, Lance and George want you to pay $30,000 for some week-long trip, uh, bike ride ride in, with them in Mallorca. That's what they're saying it is. I, look, there's people are outraged about it or they're making their... But you know what's interesting is uh, I'm seeing this on all these news websites, you know, Cycling News and some other ones are talking about it. I, I, and then they're kind of mocking it, but I'm like, you're, you're promoting this. I mean, that's really what you're doing. He's getting free advertising <laughs> based on you. Why? Because you get clicks for it too, but then you, you mock it. And, um, I don't remember them having articles about, you know, look, if they called this uh, grand Fondo, would they, would they mock it as much? I don't know. I mean, you know, Phil can go out and ride with uh, Danielson and his team or something like that. It's fine. You know, all of these big guys, they all go and they ride with, um, uh, Levi and his grand fondo, uh, Hincapi and his grand fondo, but this one's uh, like uh, Lance needs. Uh, is this stupid? I don't know. America sounds like a wonderful place to go ride. Would I pay thirty grand for it? No, I wouldn't. Um, don't have the money for that. Uh, but for these guys, you know, uh, look, it's uh, it'd be fun. It'd be fun to go do. I don't know that I'd want to go ride with those two guys. So other than that, you know, whatever. Um, that, that's all I have for, for that little issue. How about some comments from the mailbag? We had, uh, you know, lack, look, last one we had was the best and worst of 2019. Had a nice nice little thumbnail there of Kate Courtney uh, from the Outside Magazine. Um, 
we had we had a few comments here, but I'll see. Uh, Justin Grafath loves to comment here. Thank you, Jason. One addition to the winners of 2019, the fans. In my opinion, there was consistently high level of racing and suspense pretty much after the tour down under ended. The current youth movement in the pro cycling has been really exciting to watch, and I'm really looking forward to 20, um, uh, 2020, especially the young Americans. Um, he had also mentioned something else about a winner and it being, uh, we have really haven't had any since, you know, forever since uh, Greg LeMond or, or Lance. And I'm like, well, you know, we had uh, Horner. Horner was a Grand Tour, <laughs> Grand Tour winner. You don't remember him? Uh, look, you can make comments on any of our, our Facebook page, on our YouTube page, and check us out there. Uh, how about some winners or losers? Uh, look, so far, Richie Port and Caleb Ewing, two big winners, and Ruth Widner as well. Uh, look, I love to see the national champion resplendent in the, the Stars and Stripes uh, winning, and she obviously did that right away. Then you've got Richie Port and Caleb Ewing doing their winning, uh, as you would expect. Now, look, <clears throat> Richie Port. I mock a little bit because not everyone's kind of prime. This is like his perfect, everything perfect for him. And then he just dissipated out throughout the year. But you got to give it for Caleb Ewing. There's some decent sprinters here. And he and Sam Bennett are, are going hustling against each other. You know, Caleb wins two to front stages too. So it's not like he just filters all the, you know, goes away for the rest of the year. He's still out there strong. So I'll give him that. How about loser? How about uh, George Pridler testified that he tried blood doping out of curiosity, that's just what it was. So he got busted. I think was he on AGTR? I'm trying to remember. And he had been released. He was one of those. Um, uh, got mixed up kind of in the the, the Nordic, uh, Austrian, the Nordic uh, skiers. I think there's some issues and in, in some blood. And it's a few riders that got poked with that as well. So he was doing blood blood doping. And he's like, look, I didn't do any 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 anything else, EPO, but. Um, I don't know how you believe him, but I was just curious as to what it would do. Well, of course, that's what <laughs> you're curious as to what it would do. Um, you mean you were curious as to if it would make you better and get you a better contract? And I think that's uh, that's exactly what happened. Uh, you know, look, voice is going out here. Um, short episode. We'll just try to post this out. Hopefully, we'll get you back into the the action. Get me back into the action. Like I said, I've been sick. My work schedule has been out of control. Um, I really want to get, uh, you know, we'll go out to the race this weekend, see if I can get some recording out there. See you guys out at the races and also, you know, love the world tour stuff coming in. And we also got some interviews lined up. So once again, thanks to everybody. Episode 156 between two wheels podcast. we got a great 2020 lined up for you today, uh, this year, as always, check us out on any of the podcast catchers that you use. Check us out on YouTube. Facebook page as well. You can comment there, our Twitter handle, wherever we're podcasts are found and wherever you can find us, we are out there. Thank you for listening as always. Once again, Tyler Yonke, enjoy the tour down under Wollonga Hill coming up this next weekend and we'll see you out on the races. 